0: You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 312 I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I know I say we got a great show every week, but this one, this is a special one. We've got Allie Appleby, who is the current Miss Teen Dallas, joining us today. And you're probably asking, well, why would you have a pageant girl on that we don't know about? Oh, you'll know about her, and then some, after today's podcast. And uh, we will get to her momentarily.
0: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
4: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: I do want to talk about a few things going on in Bachelor Nation before we get to the interview with Ali. Um, a lot of you were asking about the Bachelor spoilers. I do not know who got eliminated at Final Four yet. I do not know where they're headed for overnights and Final Rose Ceremony, but that should begin filming today, so maybe something will get out and we'll find out where they are. But... I do have all your stuff leading up to final three. I just got to fill in a few spots. I have everything in LA. I have pretty much all the dates when they started traveling to Bahamas, London, Estonia, and Hungary. There's like, because I know the final four, and then I know how many traveled. So there's like two or three that I'm just trying to piece. Well, which country did they go home in? And I think I have... Most of them. There's just, like I said, two or three that I'm still trying to fill in. But my guess is you'll have all that on Tuesday of next week. So give me the weekend to put it all together because it's a lot of formatting stuff where I have to put stuff together because I like to label it. And one-on-one day, you know, here's L.A. episode two. Here's I got the one-on-one. Here's I got the group. It's a lot of formatting stuff. So give me the weekend to do that. And you guys will have it on uh, Tuesday, even if I can't get like the last you know, fill in that who got that one-on-one in Estonia or whatever. Um, I hope to get it, but if not, I'll still give you what I have, which is pretty much all of it. And who got eliminated when? The other thing that um, I, that is going to be in today's column, uh, as you as you hear this podcast, you know, I, I mentioned it on the daily roundup. If you didn't hear that, you can check that out on the Reality TV podcast feed. But I had to provide some pictures to go along with this. And it looks like Aaron Clancy is seeing somebody. But he's seeing somebody that's not in Bachelor Nation. So I don't give out their name. I don't give out their Instagram account. And in the pictures, I'm not going to reveal her face. It's just something that I've adopted to where if it's Bachelor Nation dating Bachelor Nation, then I have no problem doing it. But Aaron is clearly, in my eyes, and I've been told, he's definitely seeing this girl. She lives in San Diego. And it was brought to my attention two days ago. And so I'll provide the pictures that she posted on her own Instagram. I think it's pretty clear. At least she thinks that she's with Aaron, uh, by the stuff that you post, you know, you'll see one picture two days ago of her. Just took a picture of a a vase of roses with a heart and Aaron Clancy tagged in it. And then you'll see, uh, pictures from the birthday party that she threw the other night. I'm assuming it was the same night and the pics, you know, it's a, it's a collage of four pictures that says birthday recap checks out and you'll see that, uh, Aaron is kissing her in one of the pictures. I, I black out her face, uh, Logan and, um, Jacob were also at this. So they're fully aware, uh, that Aaron is dating this woman, seeing this woman, whatever you want to call it. And then, um, I have something she posted on her reels 18 weeks ago, which puts that pretty much right at the beginning of July, which is right after he got back from paradise and he's in a group photo and with her. So you could say like, well, big deal. Like he was single leaving paradise. Yeah, he was. But I think, when you put two and two together and get four here, I think this, to me at least, it adds up that now I kind of see why Aaron was the way he was in Paradise. He had someone back home, and it seemingly, in my eyes, he used Genevieve for airtime and roses. That's all to me. I mean, look, he having someone back home going on to Paradise is nothing new. Like Aaron didn't break any rules here. He isn't doing anything that most of the guys in this franchise and even some of the women do themselves you're hooking up, you're seeing somebody before you go down there and you're just going down there for fun and to gain followers and to be on TV. But the way he got so serious with Genevieve and then, you know, at the drop of a hat changes his mind about her. It makes it, it kind of makes more sense now knowing that he, I'm pretty sure that he knew he had this girl back home that he could come back to it. Cause it just, it's starting to make a little more sense to me now. So, and I have proof so I wanted to show that I didn't just want to just say like, oh, hey, I heard Aaron's dating somebody like here. You can kind of put the pieces together. And then there's a and then there's a picture that she posted 42 weeks ago. So last summer she was with Aaron, just the two of them uh, and a picture in Tulum, Mexico. So I have last September they were together. I have a picture right after he got out of filming and that they were together two nights ago for her birthday. He's kissing her. It's like, OK, I don't have anything right around the time of pre Bachelor Paradise filming like April or May, but is it really hard to think that maybe they were probably still in contact considering they went to Tulum last September, September or August or something. And then they were seeing each other. He was hanging out with her right after he got back from filming. Like, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm accusing him of anything. Um, I just think now his actions on the beach make a hell of a lot more sense to me. me be honest with you. So, Uh, There's that. And what else? Like I said, the spoilers coming next week and you'll have that uh, on Tuesday. And if I find out anything about where they are or who got eliminated at Final Four for sure, I'll uh, put that out in the next uh, couple days. I'll put that out online. You are going to be amazed by today's podcast guest. Ali Appleby has got such an unbelievable story. And you'll hear me say it at the end of the podcast when it's over, but I'll say it at the beginning as well. If this story touches you in any way or moves you in any way, reach out to Allie. Send her a DM on Instagram. It's Allie underscore Appleby underscore. Uh, And just tell her you appreciate her sharing her story. And maybe you have something similar in your life. You have someone, because Allie is, while she is Miss Teen Dallas USA, you'll find out that uh, she's been diagnosed with epilepsy. Uh, She's been diagnosed with high-functioning Asperger's. And she has a service dog. And you just don't see that very much in the pageant world. And her story, we go over everything about how this even all came to be. Maybe you even saw the story. I mean, I talked about it like a month ago on the Daily Roundup after I had judged Miss Dallas. And I talked to you about this amazing young woman that won Miss Teen Dallas. But you'll hear more of the story. And this got picked up after she won. It got picked up by a lot of outlets. People.com covered it. Eonline covered it. The AP News covered it. Fox News covered it. It was everywhere. I mean, if you Google it, you can find all the stories that were written about her. But I uh, wanted to get into more detail and share with you her story. It's, it's an amazing, amazing story. And I would just suggest because she has gotten some negative feedback that, um, you know, you could tell has bothered her a little bit. So if you can do me a favor and just uh, send her a, a positive note, because I don't know how you can't not root for somebody like this after listening to today's interview.
4: See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com.
0: If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know, after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, and where the Wi Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know.
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, Vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. With dinners that work for you, not the other way around. They have those options, like I talked about, the keto plus the paleo. Vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free. They have time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors. It gives you more opportunities to get outside, make the most of sunny days, Before this summer ends fast and fit meals under 700 calories and ready in 25 minutes or less. You know, me, I'm not a cook at all, but green chefs makes it so easy for me. The crispy Southern chicken. I made in the cook time on it says 30 minutes. I made it in 28. How about that? The spicy beef and broccoli noodle bowls. It says the cook time on this is 20 minutes. Okay. It took me about 22, but anyway, both of them are excellent meals. Also the pork with apple and raisins, Those are three of my favorites. You will love it. Like I said, it's delivered to you. It comes in dry ice. So you got to put it in the refrigerator right away, get it stored. And then, like I said, these are very easy to follow meal plans. Well, not meal plans, but actual directions to follow to make these meals in 20 to 25 minutes. You will absolutely love it. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That is greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get going. Here it is, an amazing young woman, Allie Appleby, for podcast number 312. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, I want to introduce you to this uh, amazing young woman. Her name is Allie Appleby, and she is the current Miss Teen Dallas USA, having been crowned about a month ago. Allie, thank you very much for joining me.
5: Thank you for having me. Uh,
1: So Miss Texas USA, I uh, I judged that. You were in the teen division. However... You know, the more I heard about you that weekend, and then when I saw you at Emily's Smilebox charity event a couple weekends ago, the more I learned about your story and how this all came about. It's it's a fascinating story, and it's why I want to share it. And you know, let's start here. First off, I want to make it known: your story has gotten a ton of coverage <laughs> nationally uh, by you know the AP, Fox News, many people dot com have covered. I mean, many many sites have covered your story that you won Miss Teen USA with your service dog, Brady. And, you know, you've mentioned to me that you've been diagnosed with high-functioning Asperger's and epilepsy. Now, there is a bigger story behind that because for the longest time, you were misdiagnosed. So tell people exactly how this all came to be.
5: Yeah, so my um specific diagnosis of epilepsy is absence seizures and focal seizures so a seizure for me is not your typical shaking on the ground grand mal seizure i stare into space and pass out um occasionally i'll be paralyzed for a couple minutes it really depends but it's not your typical stereotypical seizure so for 16 years I was fighting with doctors saying something's wrong, and I was put on anxiety medications. I was diagnosed with anxiety, Um, and it took until I went to see a psychiatrist who, within five minutes, knew I had a seizure. Um, I was sitting in her office when I had a seizure. She looked at my mom and said, why didn't you tell me she has epilepsy too? And we had no idea. So my diagnosis was really funny, in a way, because I had no idea. It was so sudden it took her five minutes to find out what we fought for for 16
1: years and they thought it was anxiety
5: yes so they claimed Crazy. i had severe panic attacks
1: hmm. now what age do you remember having like how far back did seizures start with you how long have you been having those
5: so my parents and i have been thinking about it since i was diagnosed and we think back all the way until i was like two so I had a really hard time in elementary school. Um, I was just told, you know, I was an odd child. I had unusual tendencies, that kind of thing from teachers. But when we think back on it, all the way until I was like a baby, I couldn't handle like commotion, loud noises, strobe lights, that kind of thing. And there are some stories that my mom brings up and I'm like, wait, that was a seizure we were talking about the other day, she took me to the carnival when I was three and I got like super sick to the point where they wanted to take me to the hospital. And she was like, I never understood why you didn't like carnivals. Well, mom, that was a seizure. <laughs> yeah. So it's been since I was born really.
1: Wow. And I think, you know, I asked you this when I saw you last and I want you to share this. Like this is something cause I was curious about what, causes them and you've po- told me basically there's nothing in particular that causes them that you know it's gonna happen it's certain yeah. things i think you mentioned stress and diet can cause it but not all the time and so how does yeah. so it's just like you just kind of have to go with it and just see what or, <laughs> like what happens
5: it's Different for everyone yeah. so for me I do have a fairly long morning before I have a seizure. I know I'm going to have it. Um, it's something called an aura where some people will smell something. Some people hear weird noises. For me, I hear like someone banging on the back of my head. That's how I know I'm going to have a seizure. I get about 30 minutes before I have one. Hmm. But what triggers them is different for everyone. So for me personally, as you mentioned, it's stress, diet, um, a lot of the time, sleep, if I'm sleep-deprived, I am very likely to have a seizure. Um, stress is a big one. I went to take the SATs. Within about 30 minutes of the test, I had a seizure from stress. Um, so hmm. for me, it's funny. I don't have light-sensitive seizures. So I did go to a concert and didn't have an issue, which everyone was like, how did you go to a concert? You have epilepsy. It's different for everyone. Um, But, yeah, for me, stress is just a major one. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, and when I get sick. So if I have a common cold, I end up in the hospital because of seizures. So my immune system is very low. And when I am sick, my body can't keep up with it, so I seize.
1: So I kind of want to ask, how often do you have them? But it sounds like you could go on a run where you have them a lot and then not have one for a while. Or is it? Fairly yeah. like, okay, so that's the way it works. You just you could go a couple weeks without having one and then have three in a day, or what what is it you, like? How many?
5: You're spot on with that. So when I was first diagnosed, I was having a couple a day, which is terrifying to think about. Now that I am medicated and we have it under control, usually about two a month is my max. Sometimes if it's bad and I have bad circumstances, I'm sick, whatever, I'll have multiple in a row. But for the most part, two a month, one every couple of weeks. Um, Like, I can't remember my last one. Knock on wood, it's been a while. I think it's 25 days now.
1: Wow. Okay. That's great. I mean, and I'm sure, like you said, when you were younger, you were having it more often because, one, you were misdiagnosed, and, two, you probably weren't on any sort of, I don't think, any sort of medication back then to try and control it, right? Not at all. Okay. Now you also mentioned um, high functioning Aspergers is something that you yeah. that's something that you were been diagnosed with. For those that are unaware, um, I think people have heard about you know the spectrum and obviously there's different things on the autism spectrum. And then you hear about Aspergers, which is a form of autism. But explain to people exactly what you go through as high functioning Aspergers. So it's
5: funny for girls it looks a lot different than guys so girls have a really easy time hiding it from other people which is why people are so surprised when I explain that I have it but a couple things for me that makes it very evident I have a really hard time with sarcasm I take things very literally Mm. Um, so if you make a joke to me and I will just look at you like dumbfounded (laughs) or take it way too literally people have a really hard time with it but also I get overwhelmed really easily. So I was at an event the other day for the pageant and I didn't like the way the couch felt. And for people with autism, sometimes textures, smells, tastes, it throws them off. Mm. The feeling of the couch threw me off. It was like velvet. It bothered me. So I wiped my hand on my pants as if I was like wiping off like dirt or something. And it's called a stim or so for me, that's like a big one. And people think I'm crazy for it. People will be like, what are you doing? I have eaten the same breakfast every day since I was four years old. And people think I'm crazy for it.
1: What what is that breakfast? Cereal?
5: Yes, actually. So (laughs) I can switch cereals up, yes. Okay, so you can switch cereals up. Okay. Yes, but it is cereal every day since I was four years old. I tried to change it one time, and... My entire day was wrong. I was convinced that my whole day was off because I didn't eat cereal that morning. And I'm saying it, and I know I sound crazy, but that's part of autism. Um, One of the major things that's really funny to people is I cannot get anything done without noise. So I need constant noise around me. I always, if you're in my house, it's loud. I have the TV going. I have music playing. In my car, I have the music full volume because that's how I think. I cannot have quiet or else my brain doesn't work. Like, my brain just shuts off when it's quiet.
0: Hmm. And
5: that's another thing for autism. Like, people don't quite understand and it's different for everyone. Um, I put it together a couple days ago. I was saying something to my parents and I was like, yeah, I just never understood. And they're like, sweetie, that's your autism speaking. Yeah. And... That's a con like that is a very common conversation in my life is that's not normal. That's autism.
1: <laughs> wow. So you like you've never had pancakes or eggs for breakfast. Nothing. I have. Okay.
5: But yeah. After a bowl of cereal. But <laughs> after mom, a bowl
1: <laughs> afterwards. I have
5: okay. I very hard time with social cues as well. So if someone is trying to be mean to me, I don't pick up on it. Mm. Uh, if someone is trying to, like I said, crack a joke, I don't pick up on the joke. I tend to take things very literally. And sometimes I think I get very offended because I think someone is saying something mean. You can probably hear my dog squeaky toy in the
3: back. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: No, that's
3: okay. I take
5: things very literally. And I have a hard time understanding what people are trying to tell me. So at the pageant, there were a couple times where I thought girls were being so mean to me. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so mean!" They were just making a joke, and I had no idea. So I would text my mom and be like, "Hey, is this a joke or is this like meant to be offensive?" And she would translate it for me.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, so I want to ask about I want to ask about Brady and how Brady came along. Uh, you mentioned to me that he was supposed to be just an emotional support dog, and that turned into a service dog so tell everyone the story of brady when you got him how you got him how that all came about
5: so the process of getting a service dog is extremely difficult so when i initially got put on the list to get a service dog it was going to be psychiatric service dog and autism assistance um a couple months later i was diagnosed with epilepsy as i said completely on accident so i called the company and i was already on a wait list for a dog and i was like hey So I have epilepsy now. So we have to change that to epilepsy alert dog as well, which they were amazing with. Um, So it actually worked out because they had a dog, a prospect for epilepsy alert. So I ended up getting Brady faster because the way they pick a dog for you is the temperament of the dog. So for emotional support, anxiety, autism, it would be a more calm dog. But for an alert dog for a disease like epilepsy, they need to be more active dogs because they need to be able to take care of you. They need to be able to jump when it's needed. So I actually got Brady within nine months of being on the wait list and the process of getting him was very difficult. They went, they tested four dogs before they found one that was the right fit for me. Um, and I got a call about two weeks before I got Brady. Then they said, they were like, hey, we have a dog ready for you. So in two weeks, you're picking up your service dog.
1: So you didn't get to try out the four dogs, right? They didn't get to? No. Okay. So they choose it without it ever being in your presence and without you ever playing no. with it or anything like that. So that's weird. How do they, it's like how do they know what dog fits you if you're not in contact with the dog?
5: It was, I went through a lot of interviews with the trainers. Hmm. They figured out my personality, and they would match it to the dog's personality. But they test the dogs when they're about three weeks old. And what they test the dog for is not necessarily personality, but what they're able to handle. So specifically for Brady, when they tested him, they vacuumed around him, and they didn't want him to react to the vacuum. They opened an umbrella, and they didn't want him to react to that. Um, They did things like that where he had to be calm. But he also had to be able to react to a situation when needed. Mm. Uh, And I am amazed by the trainers. I watch them pick dogs out for other people, and it's amazing to watch. But I did not get to meet Brady beforehand. I met his mom, but I didn't get to meet him. And when I finally got him, that was the first time I met him was the day I got him and it was perfect like it was a perfect fit and if you ever see us in public we are like the perfect pair and i don't think i've ever seen a service dog pair not work together
1: that was actually going to be my next question was has it ever occurred i mean i'm sure you've just just having a service dog yourself and speaking to other people maybe who've had them has it ever been where the dog was paired with somebody and it just didn't work but sounds like very if it if it if that's the case very very few times that is probably that is
5: very rare but i can think of one time i saw that happen where the dog was just too hyper for the owner and when that happens they actually put the dog they rehome the dog and in the case i'm thinking of it worked out because one of my best friends got the dog and his name is atlas she got atlas when he was six months old after they discovered that the initial owner they put him with couldn't handle his hyperactivity and now they are the perfect pair they are the perfect duo and the initial owner found a dog that works for her so there is never a dog that doesn't find the right home for them unless they aren't made to be a service dog
2: caesar's sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with caesar's rewards
0: takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees terms apply visit go.amx you know
4: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: ba Gotcha. Now, when you were talking about Brady, you said he's an epilepsy alert dog. So explain exactly what Brady's role is in your life. Like, what does he do? What does he have to do? What exactly does an epilepsy alert dog have to do for you? So Brady has
5: a lot of tasks. I will say that dog, he plays a huge role in my life. So by the name, he does alert me of seizures about 45 minutes
1: before they're going to happen. How? How does does the dog know this? (laughs) Just by being around you all the time?
5: So I got him when he was eight weeks old and he started he has been with me since then and he's noticed my seizures. He's seen them, but he also is able to tell by the chemical imbalance on my breath. <laughs> so wow. it's crazy to think about, but sometimes you'll see me sit down next to him or I lean into his face. He's smelling my breath, he's smelling my chemical makeup on me. Mm. So that's normally how he tells, but he's also able to tell me things that will prevent me from having a seizure. So like I said, my diet is a big one. If my blood sugar drops too low, I'm bound to seize. So part of Brady's job is to tell me when my blood sugar is too low and to go get me a snack of some kind. I keep granola bars in my bag, and we trained him to go get me a granola bar or go get me an applesauce or something like that. Um, and he's really good at that, and he does not – give up he's very stubborn so if he thinks i need something he will go to the end of the earth to make sure i get that snack in me um he also alerts of stress so there's something that service dogs do called deep pressure therapy where they lay on top of you and they find the pressure points that can lower your heart rate to reduce your anxiety so i know backstage at the pageant i had to sit on the floor and brady laid on top of me while I was fully in a ball gown because I got stressed and he was preventing me having a seizure.
1: That's fascinating. Um, Wow. Uh, I did not know that part Um, because I know, I mean, for the two days, the two days that we covered it, I know that you did not have any sort of seizures, but I did not know about the, um, you know, the laying down backstage because he had to do that. That's amazing that a dog does that. That's crazy.
5: Yeah. So everyone thought it was just cute. Like, I was just lying with my dog, whatever. They were taking pictures. They thought it was adorable. What they didn't see, though, was I was stressed, and Brady felt it, and he was trying to fix it. So somewhere there's a video of me on stage. Brady jumps up on me, and that's his way of telling me, hey, you need help with something. There's something wrong. So what you don't see in the pageant is backstage, everyone was freaking out. Everyone was going to get snacks, asking where my medicine is, what can they do, how can they help me, because Brady jumped. Um, And I was okay. I was totally fine. I ate some gummy bears, grabbed some water, and got back out on stage. No problem there. But because he did that, I was able to prevent the seizure.
1: So in talking about the pageant part of all this, which is uh, another interesting story in and of itself, I want you to explain to people exactly how the whole pageant thing even came about because you are not somebody that is um I don't even know what the term would be, like a serial pageant <laughs> girl. Like you're not a pageant girl. This is the first not pageant you've ever signed up for and you want it. And yes. but tell people about that. How it even came about and what people said to you at the time when you were thinking about, Hey, maybe I'll enter Miss Dallas. Miss Teen don't-
5: Dallas. This is definitely what made my story so publicized is the story behind it. I've always been in sports. I've always been kind of a tomboy. Um, Never once thought I would do a pageant, but I was at a charity function. And one of the girls at the table with me was telling me how she was going to compete for Miss Dallas. And I like thought that was so fun. I was like, that sounds great. That sounds so fun. And she was trying to encourage me to sign up. And of course, my reaction is, oh, no, 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 no. That's so not me. Nothing. That, I would never do something like that because it just didn't seem like I could. But a lady across from the table heard us and said, wait, you have a service dog in epilepsy. You can't do a pageant with that. Like that's not what pageant girls do. That's not a pageant girl. So I instantly signed up. It, I didn't second guess it. Didn't even ask my mom. I was like, okay, I'll sign up. Like that's fine. Um, went to my mom. I was like, hey, what are you doing in three weeks? Cause I'm competing for miss Dallas team and I will never forget her face with that one. That was amazing.
1: <laughs> and you know, I think this is something to wear, and you've put this in your Instagram posts um, and it's been talked about in the stories. Just the fact that somebody told you, you can't do this. You have a disability. And just first off, the fact that somebody said that to you, to your face is disgusting. Um, they. Sh- I mean, that's just so wrong of them to, to say that. But then the fact that not only did you say, well, look, I'll show you, you entered, and you end up winning. Um, it's almost like a uh, – I, I hope that person has seen the stories about you oh, yeah. o- online. I hope they know that you won. Yes.
5: Yeah, so I live in a small town, and she has definitely seen it. Um, but it's funny the things I get from people – This. I'm so used to it by now. I take Brady out everywhere with me and the comments we get from people is astonishing to say the least. Two days ago I was in target with Brady and I had a man tell me, you don't look like the type of person who needs a service dog. And I was like, well, I don't know what that looks like, but I do. (laughs) I get mistaken for a service dog trainer all the time. People will ask me who's the dog going to go to when you're done training it or, you know, how long have you been training this dog? I'm not the trainer at all. Yeah, I don't think I have the patience to be a service dog trainer. I definitely could never do that. But people don't expect someone with a disability to look just fine. They think you can see a disability. So I've gotten a lot of hate on social media for it. I've gotten so many comments, so many people DMing me, reaching out to me, accusing me of lying, telling me that, Oh. I'm lying about having a disability for fame, which <laughs> I just I have to laugh at that one, because if only they knew. Like, it's so funny to see what these people have to say about me.
1: Yeah. No, that's, I again, something I did not know about. Um, so you're saying, obviously, since you've won and the story has gone viral and people know a lot more people outside of Dallas know your story. People are commenting and sending you DMs about this, like, yeah, right, or, you know, something along those lines. Oh, yeah. and, huh. God, that's awful. I can't believe people even – it's like, why why, why even say anything? And, and the other thing is – go ahead.
5: So I was in a coffee shop, like, a week ago, and, of course, small town, people talk. It's a big town of gossip. And I heard two ladies who were talking about me, and I didn't have Brady with me, which is rare – but they didn't recognize me. And they were talking about this girl who used her service dog to win a pageant. And they're like, she should have never won. Like, she didn't have anything that would have made her won except for the dog. She only won because of the dog. And I I just sat there. I didn't know what to say. My mom was with me. I just sat and listened. I didn't know what to do in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, But you'd be surprised the things I get. I've gotten people who say Brady is a fake service dog, which not at all. I've had people accuse me of using Brady for, like I said, for fame and all, but I've also had people tell me that I don't have a real disability. I just want to take my puppy dog out in public. (laughs) And I don't even know what to say to that. I had Uh, (laughs) an actual EMT tell me that I don't look sick. So why do I need a service dog? And this man was a healthcare professional.
1: Yeah, that's, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, just hearing all these, it's awful to hear something like that. Whether it's from an EMT or just a regular person. Oh, yeah. Is not in that field. It's like, what? what? <laughs> I, it's a head scratcher for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I'm sorry you've had to deal with all that. That's awful. Um, You know, one thing that you have talked about and um, – yeah, you mentioned, like you said, you didn't sign up for the pageant, first one ever, three <laughs> weeks beforehand. You didn't get your dresses until, what, a couple days before, right?
5: Yeah, so I bought my dresses three days beforehand, and I picked them up from the alterations place on my way to the pageant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even know until you tried them on there if they were going to fit?
5: I had no idea. <laughs> I was hoping for the best. Yeah.
1: Um. So, okay, so let's talk about the pageant itself. As we you know it goes... It, covers two days and in speaking to the judges who judge teen, they said you really killed it in your interview. And that happens on Saturday behind the scenes, the show where you do athletic wear and answer a question and do evening gown. That is, um, that's on Sunday. That was the two hour show Saturday behind the scenes stuff. But that's where, um, you really shined according to the judges that I spoke with. And, um, Still, it had to have been, you know, you talk about, you know, the ironic thing is when you talked about what can cause a seizure, you talk about stress or diet. I mean, if anything would cause stress, as we know, Brady did jump into your arms at one point during the weekend. But, gosh, that would have been the most, I, I, I got to believe, one of the more stressful moments of your life. you standing up there thinking, uh, can I win? Will I win? I'm in the final three now. Oh, my gosh. Like, did so, did that ever set so in for you? Excited.
5: I did not take this pageant seriously at all. And the first thing that came out of my mouth when they said I won, and you can see it in the video, is I scream out, oh, no. (laughs) I was not expecting on winning. I was there for fun. So the interview, I was there for fun. And I was joking. I walked out of the interview and told my mom. was like, oh, no. I just lost this whole thing. Like, I was mean to the judges because one of the questions they asked was, if you win, how is this going to help your epilepsy? And I'm sure they just worded it weird, but I was snitty and I just said, well, a TR is not going to cure my disease. And I am <laughs> sure, like I knew walking off there, I was like, oh no, I just lost. Um, so when I was on stage, I got top three and I was like, oh cool, like that's fun. And when I won, I immediately looked at my mom and went, oh no.
1: And you said oh no because why? What was the reaction of oh no? Like you just just because you just didn't expect to, or you're just like, I, I now have to go on I and didn't compete more. Any
0: of it. Yeah.
5: I did not expect to make top three. I didn't know what I was doing. I got on stage, could barely walk in my heels. I looked like a baby giraffe learning to walk. I don't even think I walked in a straight line. I was laughing at myself on stage because I didn't know what I was doing. And all of those pictures where I'm smiling. It's me laughing at myself because I was like, this is insane for me to do. I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) And the other girls worked so hard for it. They put out so much time and effort for it. So when they called my name, I felt bad. I almost felt like I didn't do enough for it. So I honestly have felt imposter syndrome since I won the tiara because I'm like, I am not a pageant girl i don't deserve this there's so many girls that could do so much better than me so the oh no was really i don't have what it takes to be miss dallas like how am i gonna do this how am i going to go the next year with this title with all of this responsibility so i wasn't stressed the whole time because in my back of my mind i was like i'm not gonna win this is for fun like Hmm. whatever i get to put on pretty dresses the part that stressed me out was actually winning.
1: Okay, so now that you have one, and you're about a month in to being Miss Teen Dallas and you've, you know, I think, I don't know if you went to the fair. I know Ranisha did who won Miss Dallas. Did you go to the fair and make an appearance no. there and do that? Or is that too no. overwhelming?
5: <laughs> I would never be able to do that with epilepsy. I okay, went to the yeah. fair last year
1: had a seizure about five minutes into
5: it okay yeah that's so i was like i am not going to seize in a tiara
1: that's
5: probably a bad idea
1: (laughs) okay so in the month that you've been the title holder the things that you've had to do the, the events that you've had to appear at and stuff like that so how has it been for you has it felt overwhelming are you feeling a little bit better and feeling you know, because you know, I hear you say that I didn't deserve it, and or I feel I I feel like I didn't deserve it, and those other girls tried so hard. But obviously, you are you are the reigning title holder now, and I you know I I'm sure a lot of people listening and me myself don't you know hate hearing you say that. You know, we don't want to hear you say that. You know, I mean, you were just as deserving as anybody else, and your story obviously is is an unbelievable story. And I think going forward especially when you move on to compete for Miss Teen Texas, which I believe is in May, right? May of
5: 2023? So it got moved to July, which... It got moved to July? Okay. Even more time. Yeah,
1: even more time to <laughs> think about it. Um, okay, so it got moved to July of 2023. Okay. so So for these next eight months, how do you think it'll be? Has it gotten a little bit better and it now settled in? Like, okay, I'm the title holder, I can do this. Or are you still, I don't know, feeling a little overwhelmed?
5: I, a little bit of both. So I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say I am so unbelievably blessed with this title. So the opportunities that have come up since I've gotten it are amazing. I have been to the gala I met you at. I went to a gala for the Epilepsy Foundation, which was amazing. Um, That was last Saturday. And I actually now get to go to a summer camp as a camp counselor that is just for kids with epilepsy because the problem with epilepsy is you can't go to summer camp. You run the risk of seizing. You run the risk of getting hurt. So they host a summer camp for kids with epilepsy. So I get to be a camp counselor for that, which I cannot wait. I've been given opportunities to speak up about what epilepsy is. And this podcast Like this, I get to talk about my experience with epilepsy. Um, I've been given chances to talk to little kids, talk to elementary schools, share about service dogs, and just educate people in general. So this Saturday, I'm going to another gala for another epilepsy foundation. And this one is a scholarship foundation. And I get to share my story again, which I love. I love getting to do that. I love being able to do that because I was never really given the chance to do that before this. Yeah. So it is overwhelming because I am still in high school and I have sports and other responsibilities and I am still sick, but this has honestly been such a blessing and I wouldn't have it any other way if I could go back and be excited for myself that night. I totally would be because I had no idea that I would be given these opportunities and I would get to do what I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the coolest thing about all this is the opportunities that this is going to bring you and people can say what they want about the pageant Mm -hmm. world and, and whatnot Um, for you to be on this platform and be able to share exactly what you just shared and the things that you're going to be doing going forward. Like you said, being a camp counselor, at an epilepsy camp and just saying, like, you know, if you have epilepsy, you're not allowed to go to summer camp. I mean, that's just that's a huge thing. And now that you get to speak to these kids, it's going to be so many people that now look up to you and you're going to be placed in this, you know, you're going to be a role model to a lot of young girls, a lot of young boys who suffer, or not suffer, but, you know, who have been diagnosed with Asperger's and yeah. epilepsy and stuff. I mean, that's a huge, like I said, it's, it is a huge responsibility, but it seems to be, like, Once you get out there and do the stuff that you're going to do, you're going to be like, wow, that was so fulfilling, you know?
5: Yeah. So the other thing, it's funny. The other worry I had going into this was because of the Asperger's, how would I do all of the social events? Yeah. And it's funny. I, of course, have a support system and Miss Dallas is Renisha. She is a special education teacher So going to events with her is so nice. I feel like it was the perfect pair because she helps me get through it. Um, Which is, I just think that's the best case scenario is being paired with a special education teacher who works with kids like me all day. Um, But a big thing with it is not only am I sharing my story, but I have gotten so many people telling me their story. And it's crazy if you could see the DMs I get on Instagram and all. Ignoring the hate, I see so many good and kind comments and people just telling me what they've experienced or what they've been through. And I love it. I cannot get enough of reading just every... I feel like I'm rambling.
1: No, you're
5: not. Uh, Just seeing what people have to say about it and people tell me how i've made an impact on them it's it's amazing to see i love it
1: yeah no i mean you have it's it's clear and yeah we talk about the dms that you got and you mentioned some of the nasty things that people say but i got to imagine the good definitely has probably outweighed the bad in terms of the DMs you've gotten, right? I gotta imagine there's probably oh, yeah. been stories after stories, but yeah, and that's why it is frustrating because you get all these good stories and then you get some jerk who says something and it kind of just you know brings the mood down a little bit and you're like, man, that, you know, I didn't need to hear that. But I'm glad that you've gotten so many other people reaching out to you, and uh, you know, after this airs, I, I guarantee there'll be more because uh, people are hearing about this. You know, people in my audience probably hearing about this for the first time, even though I did talk about it, you know, the weekend after it happened and mentioned you back then. And then it kind of took off with the with the national stories. But, you know, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is something you brought up and you put in a post on Instagram that I had no idea about. And I think it's really important for people who didn't know about this. And it's how to treat somebody who has a service dog, how to treat the dog, because, I you know when I was the two times that I've been in contact with Brady at the the weekend of the uh, pageant and then at Emily's charity event, you know I had no like I pet him and he was fine. But there yeah. is kind of a I don't want to say rules or maybe they are rules uh, for people for the average person who comes in contact with someone who has a service dog. You don't just pretend that they're any dog at the dog park. Like, can you kind of go over yes. exactly the treatment? Of a service dog? Because I didn't know about this until you posted. And then I felt like, wow, did I do something wrong? Like when I met Brady? So
5: a big thing with it, I'm a little too lackadaisical with it. I let people pet Brady all the time, um, which the trainer yells at me all the time for. But a big thing is when people are petting a service dog or playing with them or treating them like a pet, they get distracted from their job. So Brady is aware of everything about me. And in public, he's taking in everything about me. He's smelling my chemical imbalance, reading my heart rate, reading my blood sugar. He is so focused on everything I do. So when people are playing with him and people are petting him, all of that, it can distract him from his job. That's not, it's a huge deal for some people. For me, I've gotten used to it. Where it gets bad is when people are treating him, um, I can't even think of a word for this. I've had people bark at Brady. I've had people walk over and take selfies with Brady. I've had a woman put her baby, it was like a two-year-old child, on Brady's back and take pictures like the baby was riding him like a horse.
1: Hmm.
5: That's where it becomes an issue because that's so distracting, not just for Brady but also for me where it puts me in a situation where I don't know how to handle it, and Brady is so distracted. If you put a two-year-old on a puppy's back, the puppy is going to obviously be distracted, and he wasn't reading what was happening to me. For some people, the distractions can be a huge impact. So for people who have diabetes, if the dog gets too distracted, they can't read their blood sugar levels, The dog could miss an alert. Things like that can be really bad. I think a lot of service dog handlers get frustrated with it because people abuse the dog in public. Um, I have had so many instances where Brady is um, treated just horribly. I had a lady try to pick him up. I had a man who tried to take his vest off of him to see his fur. I didn't understand why. I didn't <laughs> see a reasoning for that. Yeah, um, neither do People I. have let their kids play with Brady, pet him, play all around him, treat him like a like a petting show almost, and that's where it becomes an issue. And one of the big training things we have to work on in service dog training is distraction training. Um, I've had kids come up and kick Brady. And one of the things we have to work on when we train him is to not flinch when he gets kicked, which is horrible to think about and not hard, just like tapped with a foot Um, or like tap their tail with a cart, that kind of thing, because people don't think about it that way. They see the dog and they think fluffy pet. But a lot of the times I do post about it when I experience just blatant abuse to my dog in public. Yeah, not that you wouldn't even treat your pet that way. So for people to come up and kick my dog, or to bark at my dog, or something like that, is a lot to take in. Because, as I like to explain it, service dogs are a medical device. They are no different than a wheelchair. So I need Brady to alert me for my medical emergencies. He is yeah. a medical device, and he should be treated like one. And when I explain that to people, they understand more. Um, so when you see a service dog in public, what you should think is, would I walk up to a wheelchair
0: and pet it? Or, or,
1: would I go or kick it. Yeah, or kick a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't do it.
5: Exactly. You're like, okay, maybe I wouldn't go kick a wheelchair. Um, that's kind of how I like to explain it to people. And a lot of people don't understand, and I do love to explain that. So I actually thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, I saw you post about that, and I thought it was really interesting because it was like like an Instagram slide where there were like 10, the the full 10 pictures of things on how to interact with a service dog. And, um, you know, I I know I pet Brady a couple times, but now I'll just be more alert about it in the future um, that it's just not – something that you need to do. Um, it's almost like I mean so if someone comes up to you and says oh your dog is so you know and, and believes that Brady is a service dog it doesn't give you crap for it but if someone comes up to you and says would you rather them just say can I pet can I yeah. pet him okay as yes. opposed so to just running up and petting him
5: if you can pet my dog the answer varies one of the big rule my rule of thumb is if he's wearing a vest he is working so the answer is usually no If he is not wearing his vest, the way I train him is without his vest, he doesn't have to be as polite as he is in public. I call it puppy mode, where he can play with people. He can greet other people. He can bark. He can be a puppy. And that's when I tell people, yeah, you can go ahead and pet him because he's in puppy mode. But when his vest is on, he is a medical device.
1: Yeah it's really interesting stuff yeah you just you wouldn't go up to somebody who was on crutches or in a wheelchair and kick them you just obviously yes. wouldn't do it but yeah i think most people listening right now and me and me as well learning for the first time like that's something it's very informative like you have to treat a service dog as a medical um, device yeah. and um yeah i think that's interesting for people to know going forward um now for the pageant stuff going forward like you said it's not till july so yes. From November now until July, because you're not a pageant, like a serial pageant girl, like you said, first one you ever entered, yeah. do, you, do you now um, learn that stuff? Do you have to, do, are you going to like take lessons on how to stand, how to turn, how to walk? Because when I, you know, this was the first one I've ever judged. I've seen the Miss USA pageant on TV when it used to be televised every year, and I I'm very well aware, watching them walk a runway, I'm like, okay, they were coached on how to do this, how to walk, how yes. to turn, where to put your hands. And I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I can't say I wasn't paying attention. Obviously, I was watching uh, when your teen was walking the runway and stuff like that. I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. I, If you would have told me you had been in pageants before, it would have been like, okay, that makes sense. I didn't, you didn't stand out as somebody who did not know what the hell they were doing up there. So that was good. So you impressed me there. Um, but now going forward, do you take coaching in all that? Are you going to learn how to do that stuff or do you have to, I mean, how does it work?
5: Yes. So luckily we have a lot of sponsors and a lot of our sponsors are pageant coaches. So I have a coach to teach me how to walk. I have an interview coach who teaches me how to answer your questions in an interview so that you succeed. You do well in the interview, which is funny because I had never had that and I guess I did well in the interview, yeah. um, which is so funny to me. But walking is a main one. They have... I had no idea how much time and effort went into picking a dress. I have already started dress shopping. I had no idea because I picked out my dress in a matter of hours. I yeah. went to the store. I was like, I went a big, floofy dress and they pulled out a dress and I was like, yay, I'm going to get this one. <laughs> had no idea what it took. Um uh, you have coaches for just about everything. Wow. And I have not started yet. I know I'm supposed to. I actually have to reach out to Jennifer, who is in charge of all of this. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess I have to start learning how to walk. Yeah. Which I never thought I would have to say again. Like, I have to learn how to walk.
1: Yeah. I and like I said, I didn't notice – I mean, I'm trying to remember back. It was a month ago. I'm trying to remember back. But there was nothing that. The other thing with you is different because you're walking with a dog. So you don't have the ability to just walk a runway by yourself and have, you know, the hip placement, the turn and all that because you have a dog with you. So for you, I guess it's going to be a little bit different on how you have to walk because you have a dog right next to you and no one else does. So. There's that. It's it's learning that. The interview stuff, yeah, that's a coach. I can understand that. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Obviously, for Miss Teen, you guys don't do bathing suits. You guys do athletic wear. They don't do
5: yeah. some,
1: some, something I did not know until um, that weekend as well. I did not know that teens That was
5: the one category I was confident in because, like I said, I do sports. Yeah, um, I'm in the Junior Olympics, so I knew what I was doing there. Yeah, like I, I could do this one. Yeah, That's you could do it, you
1: could do the athletic work because you uh, you mentioned sports a couple times now. For those that don't know, you are an archer, right? Yes. Is that all? Is, is that the main sport that you've done growing up, or have you done others?
5: I've done others growing up, but since I became so involved in archery, I stopped all other sports. I actually grew up in the rodeo world. Um, mm. I got my first horse when I was about two. Um, started riding when I could walk, so I definitely grew up tomboy. Um, I guess I started archery when I was about ten. Completely switched. Um, so of course everyone was shocked to the pageant, but the active wear part, I was like, I can do this. This yeah. is the part I know to do, and even Brady was like, We got this part. We know how to do this.
1: Can you? Obviously, there's. I don't. Are you. Is there a ranking? Are you like ranked in the archery world for your age group? Because like, I know that's probably a thing, right?
5: Yes. So I would be. But right now, I actually have taken off nine months. I had shoulder surgery back in February.
1: Oh, that's right. You told me. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned and
5: this was my. Gosh, I've had too many surgeries in the last two years. But I have had to take off um, for a couple months. So I would have a ranking, yes. But I don't. I have a few national titles under my belt. I have been a state champion four times now.
4: Oh,
2: wow. Um,
5: And I actually became... I won my first state title when I was 10. Um, But it slowed down a lot. So I had shoulder surgery last year. um, Thought I was cleared to shoot, shot for a couple months, re my shoulder, had surgery again. So it, it's been about two years where I haven't been competing.
1: Wow. Okay. So, so but you still get out there and practice, I assume. Yes, yeah, so haven't I just
5: got back to practicing. I uh-huh. uh, I graduated from physical therapy about three weeks ago, and I picked up my bow for the first time about two weeks ago.
1: And which shoulder had surgery on it? The one that braces it or the one that pulls the bow? Which is probably the the one that braces it. So this is
5: something a lot of people, it's rare for that one to get hurt. But I, because I've been shooting so long and I was on a team of all guys and I was the youngest, I was what you call overbowed where my bow was way too heavy for me. I was shooting way too many arrows a day. And I inevitably got hurt. Um, and so it's not your typical archery injury, even though archery is like the number two safest sport you could be in. But I managed to get hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got – I mean, just – I've never done it outside of um, – I know I've never done real archery. I've done bow <laughs> and arrow stuff at uh, – I. Yeah, I can't even think of when I've done it, but I know I've done that motion of yeah. pull a bump. I just don't know where. Um, but And I was terrible. So, yeah, then there's that. <laughs> uh, So, final thing here, going back to the pageant world, you don't know until you arrive in July how many women you're competing against for Miss Teen Texas, correct?
5: I have no idea.
1: Do we know how many, like in the past? Can you look at past years and be like, Oh, there were, because now you're going to be, so you're the miss Dallas representative. So you're going to be competing against all these different cities that are sending their rep. I, from what I gathered that weekend and talking to the judges that I did who were former pageant holders themselves, I want to say it could be anywhere between 70 and 125 seems to be the, the number that I got. What's
5: interesting about Miss Texas is anyone can enter. As long as you hit the age requirement, you can enter. Which is what? <laughs> what is
1: the age requirement for Miss Teen? What What's the age range?
5: I believe 19 and under.
1: 19 and under? Okay. Don't
5: quote me on that because I have actually no idea. But I believe 19 and under is what I understand. So they're estimating about 120 girls. Um, But, of course, that's give or take. I have honestly tried not to think about it. Um. I have tried not to think about the competition. I'm trying to go in with the same mindset I had with Dallas where I get to go. It's going to be fun. I'm not planning on winning. I'm just planning on having fun and getting to educate more people on epilepsy, autism, service dogs, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not paying too much attention with like the competition or any of that.
1: Well, I'll I tell you this. Um, this was um – this was a lot of fun to, to talk to you. And one of the more informative podcasts I can say that I've ever done, just learning so much about everything in regards to Brady and service dogs and epilepsy and, and autism. Like I said, this is your next eight months are going to be filled with that, and I think that's the biggest thing. So win or lose come July of next year, it won't matter because the impact that you're going to have on so many people leading up to that is going to be amazing. So, Ali, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. You are one impressive woman uh, to do this. Uh, congratulations on the win. Congrat, you know.
5: Thank you so much. I, thank yeah. you for
0: having me.
1: No, no problem. Good luck going forward. Will I mean I will definitely be following. Um, I might even go down. I might even go to. It's in Houston, right? Yes. i might even go down there that weekend and see. You
5: definitely should.
1: Yeah, I might even make a trek down there that weekend. It's only a Three four hour car ride for me. So, yeah. Um, so, Ali, uh, thank you again so much for coming on. I'm so glad I got to share your story, and you got to share your story with everybody that's listening. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger. And you know, I know you don't want to think about possibly winning and and whatnot, but <laughs> I think there's going to be so many people. And and yeah, your story is a good one, and it's a it's an important one. Everybody runs on you know platforms, I guess, when you go enter pageants and. My gosh, you have if not one of the if not the best platform, you've got one of the top three or five, I gotta imagine. So Thank
5: you so much.
1: Good luck with everything. Uh we will be in touch and we'll be following along. So thanks again, Holly, yeah, for thank coming you. on. Okay. Talk to you soon.
5: You too. Bye. Bye bye.
1: Wow. Not much more to say after that. I've done three hundred and twelve podcasts. That's easily now in my top three. And not for anything that I did. Just The content of it, educational, informative. Allie is an amazing, amazing young woman who I don't think she quite realizes it yet. Maybe she's starting to because she is getting people messaging her and she's getting these opportunities to speak on things like the Epilepsy Foundation and getting to be a camp counselor at Epilepsy Camp uh, for kids. But the impact that she's going to have on a lot of people is is going to be astronomical. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I'm rooting for her, and I can't imagine anybody that listened to that interview wouldn't be rooting for her to win Miss Teen Texas because she'll get an even bigger platform to go on and speak on all this stuff that she had just spoken on this in the podcast. But, man, I, I, God, that'd be great if she won. I really hope she wins. We're eight months away. Obviously, I'll be following it. And like I said in the podcast, I might go down there. I I very well might, you know, I, I think, well, I'm not going to be a judge (laughs) because I don't think I could be a judge just because the fact I did that podcast interview, like if they contacted me, I'd be like, I'd love to do it, but somebody's going to find out that I interviewed Allie and I'd basically be favorited towards her. So I can't judge that thing because yes, there's going to be a lot of other women there that are qualified. I get it. But yeah, I have an inherent bias hearing that story and knowing a lot more background than I would of anybody else that I judged that weekend. So I'm certainly not going to be a judge. But anyway, I just, it really, I just, I can't believe some of the people who would come up to her face and say some of the things that they did that she said in that podcast. Like what? I just want to shake these people and not physically shake them, but I'd like to at least know like, what was going through your brain to say that to somebody, to their face? Insinuate that they're faking having any sort of disability. I mean, are you kidding me? And look, I the only favor I, I ask a favor of anybody that listens to the podcast today. You don't have to do this. Because it seems like she's getting a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people telling her their stories. But if you could, drop her a line. Her Instagram is Allie underscore Appleby underscore. A-P-P-L-E-B-Y. That's how you spell the last name. So it's Allie underscore Appleby underscore. Just email her. DM her on Instagram. She's public. If it If this podcast moved you in any way and what she said moved you in any way and what she's been through, send her a message. I think it'd be really nice. And, yes, she's getting a lot of positive messages, but it's, it's never enough. And I think she needs to hear. I mean, I, I wish she was more confident about how she could possibly win this thing. I think, I think she's got a really good shot. It's a great story. And it just, it was sickening to hear some of the things that she said messages that she was getting, things that people were saying to her face out in public, the messages that she's gotten since she won, and people just really thinking that she's making it up? I mean, Mike, who who says that to somebody? Who immediately goes there in their brain like, oh, this isn't real? Why does your brain immediately go there instead of, wow, what an incredible young woman? Like, I don't get it. You must be a really miserable person that that's what comes to your mind When you hear Allie's story, oh, it must not be true. No way. What? Ugh. I mean, I just, it broke my heart to hear her tell some of that stuff. And I just, if you can, I'm not telling everybody to do it, but I don't know how you can listen to that and not be moved and not be rooting for her. And if you could just drop her a line and, you know, wish her good luck Tell her anything you might have. You might have a a child or a sibling or a relative with autism and tell her how her story, you know, reached you in some way. Or share a story uh, uh, about someone in your, like you said, a relative or sibling who has autism and what a role model she can be for those for those kids and. I mean, just the opportunities that she's getting already is incredible. So happy for her. And I'll be rooting for her, and as, as I hope a, a lot of you will be, too. So thank you to Allie again. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. It is much appreciated. For Allie Appleby, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you tomorrow. See ya!